uh, we went to uh, like we walked around ASU for a little bit because my mom works there, and yes. we saw Turning Point USA. Turning Point Woo! USA, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't wearing a diaper. Yeah, <laughs> and I called him out on that. <laughs> the guy came, like the guy thought I looked like I belong in TP USA. He I approached mean, Nick immediately. It's like, what's I, up, man? Maybe my pants looked like that. I had a diaper stuffed in there. I don't know. So he's like, hey, what's up, man? Like, and are they like a big poster of like Charlie Kirk's coming to ASU to fucking take on the libs and be yeah. cool? And I just kept hounding him about like, bro, where's your diaper? 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 Hey, hey, hey! I finally escaped out of uh, the room that, that Kieran and Rob locked me into because I talk too fucking much. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Yulia and I are back from our, our wondrous trip in the United States. Yay. And boy, do we have some stuff to share with you. So um, Also girls. What? <laughs> Nothing. I said we. Yeah, boy. Oh, boy, we have... Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so welcome to the Corner Speedy. Uh Today, Kieran, we have kicked out because we have decided after St. Patrick's Day... Too much... That I, too, too, many, too much... I too many Irish people. We dealt with way too many Irish Americans, and we just did not want to see Kieran. so we did not invite him today. Yeah, yeah and deep down, he, he doesn't uh, understand our culture. He yeah, can't he relate to it. He just... The, he he can't he can't contribute anything. To and I think episode. that like I think to be fair I think I think Kieran will respects our decision of what we're making because the Irish the, uh, Irish Americans are are the worst of the worst. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless. So uh, we were uh, Yuli and I took a venture to Arizona, my home state, my hometown of Phoenix, and we spent three weeks with my family. Oh, yeah. And it went from about two days of being well, this is nice, to then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see, yeah, I see myself right now as like a like a trip sitter. I am American, but I didn't go on yeah. this intense journey that you two did, and you're still processing it. And I oh, feel like I'm, I'm just here to make sure <laughs> the mood is good. You know, I know yeah. we, we might we might go to some dark places on this podcast. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm making sure we, that I'm making sure that we have some laughs. <laughs> everything everything goes steady I here. Yeah, I hope so too, because. Um, now, we're not going to talk about the stuff that happened with my family, although that is funny. But we're just going to, you know, talk about the, the the political reality that is a red state, more or less, in the oh, United yeah. States. And how pretty much the entire state of Arizona is a safe space for if you're a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I guess, uh, ask, let's just ask Yulia what her impression of it was, because... Oh, um, yeah, how do I... How do I say this? <laughs> um, well, it's not the first time that I was in Arizona. and First time you've been there since Trump has been president. Yeah, that is true. And I mean, the first time I was there, I was really stoked by all the cacti because I really am... And you were still stoked this time. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love cacti. She was stoked because Trump was. <laughs> yeah, she's like, God damn, oh, yeah, fucking God holy damn. land. Like, this no, is the new Jerusalem. She's like, the jobs are coming back. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. It's fas fascinating how much... Um, being right wing or being conservative is established in everyday life <laughs> of Arizonians, and um, I guess it's like we have to back up if you're in certain parts of Arizona. And we yeah, just happen to yeah. be in these certain. I parts mean, of let's Arizona. yeah, let's say Phoenix, and let's also say um, the areas of Phoenix that we stayed in. So it's basically um, areas like well, my mom lives in Phoenix, and then my we stayed with my cousin who lives yeah, in Scottsdale. Scottsdale, yeah, and that is as. 
Um, I have stated multiple times on her trip that Scottsdale is the most culturally devoid place. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> in the United States, there's nothing but just, yeah. I don't What's know. the food scene? What's the restaurant scene like? <laughs> it's everything. Like, it's not like, like it's it's fine if you have money, but it's just like, it's just so fucking tacky because it's like all it dudes who are like, if they are young, all they do is like listen to EDM and shit. Oh, yeah. If they're older, then they're like, I don't know, just like one of those rich guys who has like a wife who's like forty years younger than him. And <laughs> Wait, it's what? what? When did that? Oh yeah, I remember. You saw so many oh, of that. Yeah, How did I you remember. not recognize? No, that? of course, yeah. And the places we went just to grab a beer. I mean, it's all. I mean, the guys were either jacked as shit. Or, or very fat. Or very fat. But that was also because <laughs> it was spring training. <laughs> it was spring training. Yeah, so, so it's spring yeah, it looked training. More like a, some of it looked more like a Midwestern bar. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. Because they are. You had like people who are like fucking Cubs fans. Yeah. Who are just like the most depressing True. sports fans in the world. Is there spring training in, Ar- yeah, in Arizona? Yeah. That's oh. like one of the main reasons that we went during. I mean, like I'm a huge baseball fan. And I going regular seasons harder because school is in session then. So then and like. The Dimebacks aren't that fun to see, even though, like, they're my team. Um, but, sp- yeah, so we went specifically because spring training because you also get to, like, go to, like, the smaller stadiums and you get a people watch. And that's Yay. the most, like, that's also really funny. Oh, because yeah, that was funny because it was my first baseball game and, um, <coughs> like, basically everyone was um, dressed like an operator. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone thought they were fucking vet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm fr- I didn't know that so many people are vets. <laughs> Probably Arizona, not. I think like the Air Force or the Army yeah. is like one of the largest employers in oh, Arizona. Okay, but that doesn't that. mean yeah. like doesn't mean that you have to be a vet to dress like a vet. <laughs> oh no, like so much stolen valor. So many yeah. stolen valor with like wraparound Oakleys and then T-shirts that said like there was one guy that I saw who had. Uh, who like wasn't much older than us who had then on his it was like you know like the army like t-shirts are like black and yellow normally or something like that and then it said the it had the definition of i think was it soldier or something like that but it was like a totally made up one it was like someone who sacrifices soldier. everything for oh, everyone wow. it was like yeah dude I, i've seen that a lot <laughs> stuff like that and i i mean coming from germany i know bumper stickers but not <laughs> I, I didn't know that they are like that. I mean, we have bumper stickers of like your family or or um, I I uh, I don't know. I stop for animals or stuff like that. I don't know. Um, and I didn't see. I, I've never been in a place where people are so vocal about their political opinions on a sticker on their car. And it's mostly bullshit. It's like not funny. It's it's boomer humor. <laughs> yeah, but there is like because Rob, you're from you're from the East Coast, so it's the exact same thing, but just with liberals. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it is an American thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like bumper stickers. <laughs> and like the bigger stereotype that I think that comes around is is that then like you see a lot of liberals doing it more than conservatives, but like I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of SUVs and trucks being full with. Yeah, I would say the stereotype in, in Massachusetts actually is that like conservatives have the crazy bumper stickers. So I've, oh, it's really? It's just projection on both sides, it okay. sounds like. Yeah. It's like, well, my dad has this giant like truck with all these compartments on the side and my mom like went and put like coexist bumper stickers on it because she's like, we don't <laughs> want awesome. people to get the wrong impression when they drive by and see the like coexist. big truck in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, there was there was one that, that we saw. Um, 
there was one that we saw like the family ones you know where you have the like oh yeah the mom yeah. and the dad yeah. and then the kids and they were and all the, the ar-15s <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that was really cute <laughs> i want to be part of that family maybe i i uh, marry the ar-15 son yeah. <laughs> the thing with bumper stickers is that um i like there are stickers in germany but because germany has some semblance of like a public space it's just stickers in public maybe in your bar or on the street that mm-hmm. you go around but because the u.s is so devoid of like communal spaces that like your only space is your car and you can only interact with people F-150. from your car to their car and to see each other <laughs> like like there, there needs to be literally a steel container barrier between you in order to interact and then that's how you put yeah. your stickers up instead of like in the bathroom of your favorite kniepa speaking of public spaces that is also um something that i noticed that uh, phoenix doesn't really have go public off queen spaces. <laughs> no but seriously phoenix doesn't have public spaces the only spaces that i've seen were golf um areas like people where people went i don't even golfing. know what the word for golf area me, me neither i'm not into golf that course Thank golf you. course yeah it's yeah yeah so I don't l- listen sorry. how fucking cultured i am <laughs> yeah man it's golf <laughs> so um yeah actually it's just streets and it's neighborhoods but it's not really and there's like, like nothing in between exactly except for like restaurants and everything is organized and everything is branded like you don't have a I mean, there we were, I've rarely seen a place where you can just go and hang out or something like that. You, if you go and hang out, you 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 get service and stuff like that. Then you go to a restaurant. So is that what people do in Arizona? <laughs> they go there to are restaurants? like some parks, but it's not like I mean, yeah, here it is more the sense that you just like go out and you go to a park and you can just sit and do nothing. Yeah. And in the U.S., it's always like a sense of that. Then, if you're going out to do something and you're not at home you there should be some form of like service involved with it yeah you know like at least that's the way that i've always kind of like like compared the two yeah i had this realization actually um maybe it sounds obvious but a couple weeks ago i was at a party that my roommate was having and so i was every most people there were german and of course asking me things about the u.s and i think one thing maybe this is a a stereotype or something and i talk about how well, I think a lot of Germans say, isn't it annoying when people like make small talk all the time? Then I'm saying like, no, it's actually nice because at least you have some sort of connection with people. Like, And then I, then I tried to like come up with examples of like little small talk that like throughout the day that like with a stranger that Germans might find like strange or over the top. And I'm like, hey, you know, you thank your bus driver and say, and they'll say, you know, have a good day or whatever. And you'll talk to the cashier. And as I was going through it, I realized that there are more of these kind of small talk or like little connections of community, if that's what you want to call it. And my first thought was like, okay, this is like sort of a, like a des like a desperate grasping for community because there's nothing else. So you have to talk to whoever you're, you're whoever you're with. But what it really is is that the only community that can exist has to be done through this like veneer of like a commercial relationship. So it's your mm-hmm. bus driver servicing you, or your cashier yeah. servicing you, or your waiter or your waitress has to be super friendly. Yeah, that's actually no something um, something that I noticed when we went to um, the baseball game, the old ball game. Um, oh yeah, Yulia found out that taking me out to the ball game is actually a real song. I thought it was a joke, and then <laughs> yeah. everyone stood yeah. up, uh, before the seventh after before the seventh. It's during the, it's, it's, in the, it's during in the middle whatever. of the seventh inning. Yeah, yeah. and seventh they were singing stretch. the song. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, but we we went and bought uh, beer at this one place. We um, at the game, I don't know. Um, and at a concession stand, yeah, yeah like a nine dollar Bud Light. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. god, no, it was, oh, well, be fair, it was a nine dollar 
but heavy. Yeah, <laughs> it was not a butt <laughs> Um And we talked to the girl that was servicing us, and um, she was really nice, and she made some... Not servicing, that's <laughs> the wrong word. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Keep, keep going. What, what does it mean? Nothing, keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still jet-lagged, so yeah, <laughs> excuse fine. my English. Um, and... <laughs> No, I can't say. Um, and she was really nice, but um, and she she made small talk and she uh, asked me if I'm from Germany. And then she said, "Oh, we no, you just stole a German oh. passport." Yeah, exactly. Um, now we have someone in the kitchen that sp uh, speaks German and stuff like that. So she she it was actually interesting uh, small talk. And then then we came back and she remembered that I was German, but she did the whole uh, the whole service talk. So she um, there was no. It didn't seem genuine, you know. She repeated what she normally repeats, uh, the smile that she normally gives, and then at the end she said "Dankeschön." <laughs> so oh. she rem she remembered, but she uh, it, I felt treated like she didn't remember that we was just there and talking to her. So I don't know. It all seems like they repeat the same stuff, and it's kind of like a yeah. It was always like kind of funny it's too. It's kind like of like a fake politeness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like the thing was really funny is that like when you listen to the people when they were talking before you'd come up to the register, their tone of voice and everything is completely Definitely. different. Yeah, but that's yeah. in general. I think I don't think that that's like. I don't know. Maybe I don't more think extreme. Like that in, maybe in more Germany. extreme in the U.S. than here, but probably like, I don't know. Like, to be fair, like I am probably like, like a little bit more like desensitized to it. But like when I, when I'm so far away from it for a while, it's really easy to to see. But then it's really easy to then forget that it's always like around you too, because like I grew up around that. And for you, you're like, this is, I, I hate this. Everyone tells oh, yeah. me, excuse me. Everyone oh, so like <laughs> wants a response from me. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not even close to, um, to that person and I'm just standing there and this person goes by and says, excuse me. Oh, so you can just you? pass me without. <laughs> yeah. If you're walking on the sidewalk or like on a trail, you have to say like, Oh, nice. There. How are you doing? Yeah. Good we went hiking and it was the exact same thing. Julia turns, Julia turns and she's like, is there a reason why they're talking to us? It's like, really no, it's just like trail etiquette. But yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, there's something else people talk about a lot, or I would say joke or meme about a lot is the fact that um, a certain kind of tyrant in the U.S. always wants to like abuse service workers. And that's absolutely true. Just take out their aggression on them. And if they're not perfectly... Rest in peace, John Podoritz. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just, uh, he just uh, Twitch deleted yeah. his Twitter today. <laughs> they, they come in all shapes and sizes, including Podoritz size. I think what I also don't like, uh, what I didn't uh, think about is um, the way people uh, like service workers get uh, paid there, especially uh, waiters and waitresses, that they really depend yeah. on the tips. So the they first really time I was, yeah, the first time I went with that, that, that we went back, it pissed me off with like tipping. Mm. And then because I had internalized German wages mm -hmm. at that point, because it's like, you know, okay, you, like if you're a server, you get minimum wage. And in the US, it's like, what? five six bucks for if you're in service industry yeah, you, but then you the don't rest get of your wages yeah. is if that i think it's less yeah, yeah. yeah it depends on the state you're in but yeah so then this time around i was a little bit more generous but the flip side of this i mean this is from the conservative viewpoint but i think part of the ideological justification for the like abuse you can give service workers it's that it's is that it's like pay it's like a partial debt to society you know and then you get past it you know it's just yeah. a job you do when you're 16 for the summer to save up money like this is the conserv like a certain mindset mm -hmm. i say conservatives but i think it's generally like boomers older people in the u.s you see this come up all the time when when there's a push for like a 15 dollar nationwide minimum wage and they say what you want mcdonald's workers making that it's just yes. kids <laughs> but like yeah. but like they can't like flat obviously that's not who service workers are in the u.s it's but yeah. like they they 
I don't know if it's conscious or not, but but the reason to make it into just that is that it's just some kid who will just do it temporarily. And once they pay their debts and, you know, they get yelled at and, you know, need to be on their best behavior and give this perfect service, mm -hmm. then they can graduate into the good part of society where then they get to, you know, be a tyrant yeah. to, to My service dad workers. actually used like the idea that when you go into a restaurant as like this really bullshit, like economic theory that then when you pay for something like you're creating it's it's, it's like old old classical liberal nonsense that then a lot of libertarians internalize that then when you pay for something you're you, you've created a contract through your consumption okay. yeah no it was stupid <laughs> and he was like and then like he kind of then justified that of that like he wasn't mean to the to the people but he was kind of mm. like justifying the sense of like if someone were mean to someone it would be then around this ideal is like, you know, when I go into a place and I spend money, like, they have to serve me because it's a contract. I'm like, it's not a fucking contract. No, like, come not. on. Yeah. Like, service get that shit out of your head. You don't head. pay for the service. You, you pay for the food. Yeah, but you still, pay for regardless. the food. And then the thing is with uh, um, with tips um, that people say, oh, yeah, yeah, tipping, yeah. Um, and um, they depend on it. And, and yeah, th they do. But the problem is that uh, people don't ask, like, for higher wages. They see this as a given, you know, that you, well, as in like uh, as if it's a natural yeah. thing. You you tip them, and then you um, expect that high service or that American service, and uh, you wouldn't even think about um, like unionizing waiters and waitresses or something like that. They would or probably uh, all be fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like immediately, yeah. because people shouldn't depend on the tip. They should make a living with the wages they have. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. but. Yeah, enough on the service because we could go on forever just dissecting the economics of, you know, wage labor in the United States. Was the there anything else with baseball? Because I think baseball and sports in general is a interesting look into U.S. society. Yeah, interesting for me was going to my first baseball game. Which and we were late for, so you didn't get to see the national anthem, but luckily. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did see the, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the next game the we next, went to. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I wanted to sit but I thought I might get insulted or something like that. So I was like, hmm, should I sit down? <laughs> like, should I keep sitting? Because it's not yeah. my... First of all, it's also no all, longer it's 2016. My... So I think yeah. that, like, no one's really making a... F I mean... I don't know. With the, like... No, no, I mean, like, I mean, people, sports. like, like, people in, like, like, fans being... I don't know because I think that then it's, like, for me, in my position, like, that that's, like, something that then, like, I'm not going to... I don't know. Like, I really don't. It's not something that then I, that occupies like much of my thought of like, what do I do when the national anthem comes on? For like, me, it was weird because we don't do yeah. that. We don't do that. <laughs> and I think it's really weird that um, sports, or sports in the U.S. are so it's are such a big place of like nationalism or not nationalism. Oh yeah, but patriotism. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. You can just oh, call nationalism. It okay, nationalism. good. Then I say it like that. Um, Especially because like every single like baseball game or like every single other game whatever it is is like veterans night or like army night or yeah. something like that and not to forget that the nfl has an actual contract with the dod seriously yep. yes nice <laughs> yeah so. and it, it's different in europe i mean um stadiums are always or arenas are always a place of like um a political place in europe like when you go yeah. to soccer games or or football as i might say <laughs> um and in the u.s it's really 
it's they pretend it isn't but it really is it is but it's all in it's all in this uh kind of sense of like patriotism and 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 capitalism i mean how many ads i've seen especially um in basketball when you just have all the breaks the i don't know what's yeah, it called the timeouts like, the time, like outs, time outs they're just yeah. breaks yeah, like there's the commercial breaks. They are literally yeah, exactly. there, just made so that then the network can yeah. put commercials during there. And so much entertainment! Oh my god, I haven't oh, yeah, seen. We, so. we went to a Suns game too. Oh, we nice. actually went to two games where the Suns won, so that was that was also. Yeah, and I like basketball. Yeah, you <laughs> like basketball. Yeah. I do too. Yulia also found her favorite basketball player. Oh yeah. Wait, who? Well, she already had Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, who we all, yeah. who we got to see play against the Suns, which, which was pretty pimp. Shout out Giannis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pimp. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like if he wasn't a basketball player, he would totally be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no that that's always something that then I always forget about too is that then kind of like and then after after we went to a baseball and basketball game, it was really easy to tell that baseball is far more reactionary mm -hmm. than basketball is. Like we went to like LGBT night at the Suns game. Which Yulia's like, wait, they're not like crazy like the baseball fans are. I'm like, no, no, yeah, the best like NBA is like far is is much more well known for being liberal, far more liberal, mm -hmm. yeah. But it was still weird at the same time because you don't like I don't even think in like like in Germany it's the supporters who normally have like the political agenda you can call it. Or exactly, whatever, you have brought. the fans doing it, and of course sometimes you have the team like um, the Swedish national uh, team did it. With those shoelaces, yeah, um, to when, when Russian, yeah, um, to protest Russian uh, policies on on, on the LGBT community, and um, well, the display of politics is different in yeah. in European sports and uh, or in Russian sports. Is this um, it? It kind of is. Um, it's not an agenda that is made by by a, by a league or by a. I don't know how to say it. By a the owners, actually, it's not even the league. Yeah. It'll be made by. So you. Oh, by the owners. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but when we were there, the um, I think, what's his name? Who who heads Jacobin? Uh, and Sankara. Yeah, yeah. Um, he tweeted out. Uh, he's a Knicks fan, and so he tweeted out how like. You know the socialist case for sports simply on the sense of that um, the owner of the Knicks like kicked a fan out just mm -hmm. because he told him to sell the team because the Knicks are fucking terrible and you know kind of the argumentation about then that I mean a, a very good argumentation that that in the U.S. sports are just basically you know a bunch of extremely wealthy people. Yeah playing mm -hmm. with their you know people that they can buy and sell. Oh, yeah. I mean in Europe it's still the same. Yeah, but in yeah, the US yeah. it's I would say far more you know praised for that yeah, okay yeah. um i have a lot to say about basketball so good we'll, okay. we'll see where we go with this first james dolan is the ultimate fail son in the u.s james dolan mm -hmm. the owner of the knicks because he's worth something like four a couple billion dollars he inherited the team from his father i think and he just doesn't do anything i mean knicks fans know that he just like fucks up the team constantly year after year by like i don't know like Hiring and firing people, like hiring Isaiah Thomas, who then just like has a bunch of sexual assault uh, cases. By the way, my there. sister's high, uh, uh, grade school basketball coach was up until very recently the head coach of the Knicks. <laughs> who? Uh, Jeff Hornacek. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think but, he just I think he just got fired too. <laughs> but the other thing uh, th to know about James Dolan is you have to look up his band JD and the Straight Shot because that's what he does. <laughs> Wait, what? He has a band. He is, uh, yeah, yeah, he has a band. I mean, he's the ultimate. Fail son in that he has nice. like a jazz band where I, I don't think he's very good, but he's rich. So he buys like 
I mean, he hires like excellent musicians he around musicians. him, and then he just plays like okay. But he that's plays, his life. He, just plays he smoke does on that. The water over <laughs> yeah. and over he does that and owns the Knicks. And yeah, that's a job. That sounds like that one. Uh, uh, Goldman, billionaire excellence. That sounds like that one Goldman Sachs uh, uh, executive who's also a DJ. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Yeah, you don't know about this? No. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? No. no there's a Goldman yeah. Sachs DJ. Oh, shit. Like, I have to look uh, that Goldman up Sachs there. employee is also a DJ and there's a really funny Financial Times article about the about like, oh, oh is, is Goldman Sachs <laughs> ap- appealing to millennials now? It's like, you fucking stupid. <laughs> like I like like I I like Financial Times for their like I would say objective neoliberal reporting in quotations but they're like op-eds and opinions are fucking stupid <laughs> just like just like the rest of them and that was one of them is that like oh goldman sachs is really you know uh uh trying to appeal to millennials and here's the example of this one guy this one executive who's a fucking dj <laughs> and he's like 40 something he's like not even young either he's this old bald guy and the thing about basketball owners i wish i prepared more for this is that I think on the whole, so there's a mix of fail sons and and they have a lot of like new tech, like this sort of like new money energy where like the owner of the Grizzlies, I'm pretty sure it's still the same owner. Like, yeah, I think he's like some, I think he's the youngest owner. I think he's in his thirties and I don't know how he made his money, but he would like challenge the players to one-on-one because he thinks he can beat them because he like, (laughs) and like stuff like that. And so you have these like crazy, uh, and I think like football, for example, I don't know much about basketball, but football just really old, like not even old money, but just like, I don't know, some real estate giant. You mean American football, right? Yeah, yeah American okay, football. Okay, because like European football is like the country of Qatar buys, well, a, yeah, yeah. buys a team. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean the NFL. Because, yeah, I yeah. mean, you see that in stark contrast with the way they react to like um, Kaepernick and these players like trying to organize and, and do different things. Um, they're very sort of like, we don't understand what these uh, what the youth are up to. And whereas I, I feel like the basketball owners are more like, all right, you know, we're going to tackle this. We're going to get together. You know, we're going to like explore these so different branding that, like, opportunities. So you're saying basketball owners are the dad from Get Out? <laughs> well, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> like Mark Cuban, he's the owner of the Mavericks. And he's like, yeah, he's true. all about this. And like Joe Lacob, the owner of the Warriors, was like, um, he had some quote right before the Warriors lost in the finals two years ago. He had some quote about how they're like light years ahead of all the other organizations in the NBA. But like he didn't do anything. He yeah. just hired a bunch of people and they got extraordinarily lucky in the whole history of the NBA to like build this team that's like so much I, better than everybody The thing else. that I like so much with U.S. sports too, especially basketball and, and, and the NFL, is that you can like you can be rewarded for just like just driving your team into the ground yeah yeah well seriously well, that with the that draft a, yeah isn't that yeah, a yeah. ceo thing to do kind yeah, of yeah, yeah like yeah. it literally yeah. is well yeah. all right the thing about basketball i know we're going on a tangent but the, the, no, this is my overall cool. point so you say the thing with basketball is that first, the first thing to know is that there's a revenue sharing agreement between all the teams yeah and so that uh, most of the teams don't make money in any given year but then the big market teams and now like new big new big market like the Golden State Warriors because yeah. they were so good and now they're uh, f- famous worldwide are making tons of money. And then and then they all share the money collectively. But what's more than, than the individual revenue is that the um, the value of the teams have skyrocketed because of the yeah. overall brand of basketball, etc. So like the Suns don't really like when they're bad, like the Phoenix Suns are bad now. Also, the owner second of the, worst. Team. Also, the, the owner of the Phoenix Suns is, is hilarious, Robert Robert Sarver. Oh yeah, right, like uh, yeah, never mind. This is a whole episode, whole whole episode. But like, yeah, it's sort of like a contract where all the teams are like in this cabal together, all the owners, and then if 
it, it relies on the value of the teams going up and up and up. I mean, now they've all got a return on profit of like six times what they what yeah. they bought it for, and it's great when like the Hawks were also another bad team do do things about like um or or like the Suns for example do L- LGBT night, but to take the Warriors for example because they were like a beloved Oakland hometown team, and then they got ridiculously good and now the seats are like impossible to buy them yeah. the price is like so who can afford to go to the games it's just it just becomes this thing where like all Hasn't the tech Atlanta, companies though, done it in the sense of like trying to combat that with like cheaper pro- like like um creating like a price ceiling for certain things or whatever i actually don't know <laughs> i guess but, no, I'd, well, yeah it would be a ceiling yeah yeah i my point is is that it's all a cycle so the, now that the warriors are good then they charge ridiculous uh prices and price all the fans out and now the only people who go are like it's just a giveaway for tech companies to have yeah. and just rich people who live in the bay area and that sort of like fuels and like they i'm, I'm sh- they probably do some lgbt night but like in terms of like building a community around sports or anything that just exists like they're only giving cheap tickets if they can't get away with charging a ton for the tickets yeah. you know oh. and the way it works is that it's this whole league together that like is just relying on each other to like keep going up and up and up together which yeah. obviously I mean, can't happen forever i mean I notice that a lot, especially also with basketball. When you, I mean, the front row seats. Oh yeah, we, we got we, we got tickets gifted to us. That yeah, were like the like third, like row, or third row. Third oh, row. There you go. And the people that were sitting next to us, uh, us or something, it, it all looked like a bunch of really rich people watching other people doing sports. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't it's, actually it's really like care. There was one guy who cared about the game. Yeah, exactly. So they're just sitting there, probably like discussing business or something like that. Yeah. I, I actually heard that. Or no, I didn't hear that. I've I've seen it on TV and in some, I don't know, soaps or uh, <laughs> sitcoms. Sitcoms. That's you watch. You that's watch soap. Uh, you're a big fan of General Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's sitcoms. So um, that 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 is actually a thing. So you inv- invite your um, possible like uh, business partner to there's a, there's to that a always sunny uh, episode basketball, about that. Basketball, uh, basketball game. And there's that always sunny episode yeah. where they steal the guy's wallet and they pretend that he's him and they go to like that big fancy suite at the Phillies game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, just, yeah. Dennis just tries to see how yeah. far he can milk it so he can get off. Yeah, and exactly. Luckily, so Dennis gets off. At that's the end. really weird. It's just like you're sitting there and like you know, you don't even care about the game, but you invite because it's an event. Yeah. It's such a big event. I mean, they do that in so- soccer as well here in Germany, but not as much. You don't have like the super. I mean, the first rows are not yeah. there for... They're there for the true fans. You have blocks with... I mean, long story short, uh, there's big-time commodif- commodification in American sports. Yeah. And, yeah, European I think... Are much you, could cheaper. you could actually do a whole, like, episode on that. Which we will, probably. We sure. will, yeah. yeah I, think, we should. I think the thing to, like, that sticks in my mind is it's, it's like, sports, public spaces. I think yeah. the thing about everything in the U.S. is that it's up for sale. It's up for investment. It's up to like this yeah. sort of like investment capital like cycle, like the like mm-hmm. pump and dump kind of like you you like buy some brand people know, whether it's a sport team or space or whatever. And then you like, I don't know, strip it of, of its value while pumping up the investment and then sell it off. Like And it like loses this, all enjoyment. Yeah, this logic can be applied to everything anything yeah. in the u.s everything's up for grabs like yeah. that's i think the fundamental yeah. logic of the u.s like, yeah that's how it felt i remember Definitely. when i was a kid and given like like being a kid your idea then of prices are a little bit different than when you're an adult but when you actually have to pay for your own <laughs> shit when, but, especially um, when you play like marketplace or something or you play on a cash desk 
Oh yeah, that is a thousand dollars for this piece of bread. <laughs> okay, welcome Unless you're to playing Germany. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yulia, whenever she plays, whenever she plays uh, uh, shopkeeper, she's always shopkeeper pretending that she's in it. like the the 1920s Germany. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that is one million. Nice. <laughs> 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 but um, I remember when I was a kid, like there was a, like so, 1998, the Diamondbacks came to Arizona. And I just started playing baseball around that time, too. So I was, like, really excited that, that we had gotten a baseball team. And when I started going to the games, I always remembered that there was... You could always buy tickets for the Dimebacks teams for $1, you know? And given inflation from 1998 to now has not increased all that much. And then I looked up recently, like, how much would it cost if you wanted to see the exact... You know, in the, in the shittiest seats that, that exist. It's, like, $40 now. And this is, like, the Dimebacks are one of, like... like on best, a mediocre to like on the better side of mediocre team in baseball, and no one goes to their games. And I've had a, like many a conversation with my mom about this, about like, you know, it isn't like Arizona sports is depressing, obviously, but you could at least make that depression enjoyable if it wasn't the price of if you went to go see a better team. You know, it's kind of like there's no like special offers half the time. There's no like like at least in Germany, if you're a student, you get a discount at like every major stadium in Germany for like first league down to your local leagues. You know, there is much more of an incentive to go to these games. And I never understand why that type of logic like you know and, and prices of, of, of food and alcohol or just drinks in general is astronomical in so the US. Expensive. And I can I guess like if it's a if it, if the alcohol sense if it was a deterrent to prevent bad American drinking habits that I at least could I could understand, um, but in the sense of like a general enjoyment of you going to the game, like me as a European, we can't, I can't understand. Yeah, you can't <laughs> understand that. But Americans are very bad drinkers, obviously, and yeah. But I mean, you go and you get like a hot dog or whatever. It's like you know ten dollars, and then you go and get like a beer that's also ten dollars. And then if it's like you and your friends, and let's say you want to get like a hat or something. You can easily spend a hundred dollars at a fucking you know sporting event, and I would imagine that then at bigger events it's even more ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, kind of uh, going off my last comment, like my memory of the U.S. in lieu of having a free what you call it, like public, publicly available space or like a, a space mm -hmm. where you don't have to pay anything. Yeah. If you want to do something like, I don't know, I I don't think I'd go on a date to a baseball game, but go on a date or something like this, or go out with your friends. You're throwing like, yourself into debt. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, well, like, what are you going to do? Okay, if you're going to have fun, Don't let's eat. do something fun. I, my, I'm depressed. My life sucks. I, but I want to meet my friends and do something. Maybe you go to a baseball game and then just like, like they say, yeah, you're having fun. Keep buying things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the logic mm -hmm. of maybe this is a segue, whether you're at, a, I don't know, a casino or like oh. any of these things, you know, it's the same logic. Speaking yeah. of a casino, we have been. <laughs> yeah, I went to our first casino. <laughs> yeah. And there's it is weird because Germany gambling's legal, like perfectly yeah, legal. Yeah, yeah. And yet our first experience. Automaten. Yeah. Well I guess <laughs> no, in that sense we've been to plenty like like uh uh that have like the I know, but it's not like in a big hall or something like that. Or it's yeah. not advertised like that. I mean it also is weird. saying yeah, it, it was on a reservation because otherwise it's not allowed in Arizona. Unless you're in Nevada, yeah. Yeah. I Break it down. Or Atlantic City. For f maybe for our listeners who don't know, like run us through the casino. Like I want the smells, the textures. Oh, I know. Yeah. All right, like, everything slowed to. down. <laughs> you know, 
Okay. Uh, I, we were filmed from a low camera angle, <laughs> and money was just you know falling from the ceiling. Oh yeah, no, that didn't happen. Just champagne. Everywhere. Nick, no. Nick looked exactly like Zach Alfanakis in that Hangover gif <laughs> where the the equations are flying around his head exactly. while he's counting cards. Yeah. No, we like so we wanted to go to Top Golf, which if you don't, I don't think anyone. Who's not? I think Arizona I think and Florida an, are the only two places. Yeah. That have these. What the yeah. fuck is Top Golf? Top Golf okay. is where you go and you spend way too much money to go to a driving range and you just drink while you're doing it. And it, my sister made it sound like it's the most fun thing on the face of the earth, and I believe her on that because what's more fun than poorly hitting golf balls and getting plastered? Mm. So we went. And because also we were stupid, we forgot that it was spring training time. There was like an hour and a half wait. So then my sister was like, "Okay, let's go to the let's go to the casino." And I was kind of hesitant because, you know, I really I really did not want to lose money. And um so uh we went to the casino and it's just a bunch of machines everywhere. It is very like un like unflattering. So we sat down, you know, did that whole thing for a while. My sister immediately lost $100. <laughs> And then I lost 40 and that was about it. And then I realized like, okay, like this is that, that was that experience. I'm, I'm done. Did you yeah. smoke in the casino? Yeah, oh, of yeah, course. Definitely. I mean, also, um, somehow we were already, already, uh, wearing the, the, the proper attire, the casino track suits. Chic. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we were too lazy to put clothes on like real clothes. Uh, I mean, for me, a track suit is real clothes, yeah. <laughs> but not for I mean, not for your family. They were like, you're going to work out? I was like, yeah, I'm going to work out. Yeah, Yulia, just, <laughs> Yulia can bench 400 pounds. Yeah. It's no big deal. CrossFit yeah. all the time. Fucking loser. But yeah, that is a, that is a casino cheek. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a tracksuit or it's, no, it's jogging pants and maybe sandals. And of course, you have to wear a cap because yeah. that is... <laughs> and if you're going to the poker... Like I didn't, I didn't realize this, this was a real thing either. But like they wear like the headphones and the sunglasses, like in on the, on the tables and shit like that. And that was really funny because it looked like they were always like pretending to be good poker players. Maybe they are. I don't know. And that was the thing is that like I could at least like understand like if you go for that, like if you go to play poker or blackjack or any of the card games, maybe there's not like actual skill. But I can at least understand that you're having like an interaction between people, and like it's just you just sitting in front of a fuck. Everything else is just you just like pressing a button and then being like, "Oh, do I won like a hundred dollars?" Then you immediately lose it. But my sister was egging me on the whole time. Like I was up, I was up like, I don't know, like to one hundred and twenty dollars, and she's like, "Oh, like I'm like okay, like I'm gonna cash out." She's like, "No, oh, no, you gotta keep going." And I was dumb. And I'm like, "Okay, cool, whatever." Yeah, stupid. But and. The best part about it is that then all the same people that you see at the baseball games who all look, look like operators are also at the fucking casino. Like, that look is just everywhere in Arizona. Yeah, not, not only at the casino, also at the shooting range. Oh, the, yeah, everyone <laughs> thinks everyone is an operator at the shooting range, obviously. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, we've also seen some other nice, uh, stylish um, outfits at the shooting range. Speaking of that kid... With the reason shirt that had like the definition of reason. Yeah, he he looked like a he looked like he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, he, he you looked like right. a Polish neo-Nazi. He doesn't have. He was a Polish. Oh, probably. Yeah, he, he had an accent, a Polish accent. So yeah, he was also the most unsafe I've ever felt in my life. Wasn't because yeah. there were guns around. Like I've shot guns since I was a kid. It was. It's the politics at the shooting range that make me feel horribly. Definitely, insane. definitely. So yeah, I'm. 
glad that we went to the one that is state owned and not like a private thing still um it is very uh, it was really uncomfortable for me in the beginning i mean i f i uh, especially because of the and Julia shot better than all of us so. oh yeah call me Ludmilla um no, but especially because of the people that were hanging out there. I mean, um, oh, of course, obviously also because of guns. But <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it always depends also on who's shooting that gun. And um, I mean, that Polish kid was kind of scary. He definitely... He just uh, kept he talking about... I never heard the word free market. Oh, he was talking about free mouth. market the whole time. That was interesting. <laughs> to to himself? No, no to like to this like, really American old guy older that he friend. was with. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was weird. But yeah. Then, yeah, sorry. The, the other shirt that you were mentioning the time before that, someone was wearing a Steven Crowder shirt. Exactly. Yeah. And it said, should I? Yeah. Yeah, just say it. It doesn't um, matter. Right. Socialism is for faggots. Yeah. With the, 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 the F word bleeped out. Yeah, with the F word uh, bleeped out and a Shigevara that was doing uh, well, a hand. an absolute pimp. Yeah, but was it the Shigevara that was doing a hand gesture yeah, he or was something? Doing the, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so, the, like, terrible. The, the, like, I. The Salt Bay. I know I only think in memes, but like, yeah. wasn't that the reference? No, the reference is that he's like a little sissy. But like, it's this—it's the hand motion that the guy who's picking yeah, up the salt. Yeah, but it isn't that reference. It's that then shake like that—that—that that, that socialism is for is for little sissy boys. But it was just like they're like there were these like kids, probably younger than us, and they just all thought like they just thought they were the tell like so many MAGA hats obviously at the shooting range, which is not surprising in any way. And then like. You know, I was I walked to the bathroom and walked back, and I heard this like just the amount of like shit that then the people are talking like I heard that they're taking all the guns away from people in California. It's like that isn't actually happening. Like, but what am I'm not gonna confront anyone in a shooting range. Yeah. That's a horrible idea. That would be a horrible idea. But, but that is not only. I mean, these conversations are not um, exclusive for the shooting range. These no. conversa type of uh, conversation I heard at the baseball game, at a restaurant, anywhere we went. Yeah, it's in, like everywhere in Arizona. Yeah. If you're like in, in like a market, suburban, yeah. like if you're uh, in suburban supermarket. Arizona, yeah. Or exactly, and that is the thing. Also, like the divide of uh, of Phoenix is very interesting. Like oh yeah, you there's have a major class divide. Yeah, definitely. There's like a street that you can probably just like point out that is like, yeah. this is where, yeah, you uh, where, where demographics change. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. but and you can really see that, and you can really feel that also. Yeah, but. Like, the thing at the shooting range that was also funny, too, is then, like, like people were also, like, really open with you. So, like, they weren't talking, like, if they come up and talk to you, it wasn't about politics and shit like that. So, it was, like, it was weird having to, like, conf like confront people that then, like, you know, given not, not everyone there is, like, politically has a shirt on or whatever. But, like, knowing that these people probably, are like, like, disagree with you about everything. And they just start, like, striking up and, like, I would say a pretty normal conversation at the range with you. They're just, like, oh, yeah, like... Like, I brought, like, some of my rif rifles with me, and they're like, oh, that's really fucking cool. Like, what do you have? This and that and that. You guys are shooting really good with these, like, really old rifles. You know, like, that's that's really Russian awesome. Russian rifles. Soviet, yeah, with our no, old, with our not Russian. Soviet rifles. Soviet rifles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, that, like, it is, like, you have to, like, kind of step into that, like, weird, like, American sort of, like, sense of, like, you know, that small talk that you were talking about. That small about. talk, yeah. yeah. Like, but in, like, a much different, you know, uh, um, environment for that. And, like, kind of have to then take, like, the fear of that then, like, oh, shit, like, I see all these dipshits around me with, like, all this, like, you know, very vocal, you know, the shooting range is the biggest Trump MAGA safe space that there is in the United States. And that's why I commend when, um, like, I hit up the SRA in Arizona, in, in Phoenix, to be like, hey, Explain like. Explain the quotes. Yeah, SRA is the Socialist <laughs> Rifle Association. And um, they, um, 
I think they do a lot of cool stuff because it's about like they aren't just a bunch of like like leftists who cosplay. Like I think that they understand like where gun ownership fits into left politics pretty well, and they don't. They're not these like idiots who just like pose and like we're gonna like after the uh, um, after the shooting in New Zealand. Like I saw so many bad left takes of like these just like anarchist kids like dressing up like we're gonna protect you. It's like just stop. No, like you just cosplay. This isn't like. That's not serious. Like, this is a serious issue that happened, and you're making this into then, like, something bad. Whereas SRA didn't do that, and they um, set up a charity for, you know, raising money and stuff like that. But when it comes to then, like, actual issues, like, you know, concerning the U.S., they um, they do take a lot of effort to, like, you know, make sure that uh, like gun policy doesn't only affect white people, because it does. You know, so, um, but they go out and they do range days, like, with these people alongside them who really, like, fucking hate them, obviously. And I imagine that they're, like, you know, wearing their shit and whatnot. So, you know, they're badasses. They're more, they're far more badass than every other person I saw at the range who thought that they were an operator. So, so did you link up with them? They messaged me the day that we got back and they're like, oh, we're going on a range day on the 30th. I'm like, I'm already back in Berlin, but, you know, thanks for reaching out. I'm assuming that all of our audience pretty much comes from like a left background or probably has like maybe not maybe Maybe someone is hate listening maybe someone (laughs) is hate listening and if they're doing that then like you're you're the you're the real MVP (laughs) but um yeah like and especially when we see then the things of of you know when articles try to explain you know Trump land and whatnot and how like including Dash Beagle's own what's that what's that fucker's name didn't you see the story oh yeah yeah I did I forgot. Uh, yeah. I Who cares about his fucking now, name? Yeah. This guy, th- this Der Spiegel uh, journalist who was faking a ton of his stories, like the one he got caught yeah, on was the name? Trump yeah. country one. I think it was, they were in North Dakota yeah, or something where he true, went. Yeah. yeah, everyone always goes to these like to these like rural areas in the middle of nowhere and they're all like, look, see, this is like the America that was lost. And like part of that is, I would say, true. With, you can like, also go to a major city. And you can also, that. yeah, exactly. You can go to Phoenix, for example. You can go to Phoenix and Phoenix has always been that way. <laughs> and... When you're, yeah, the idea then of, of, like, of, I don't know, you have, like, that stereotype of, like, what do I do if, if, if my, you know, MAGA uncle comes to dinner for Thanksgiving? Like, how do I deal with him? But that's always in the, in the, the guise of that then the rest of the family's liberal. And Phoenix so what is, is it the then opposite. when... It, yeah, what is What it? if your leftist son comes to dinner for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I just joke with them for the most part. Yeah, I, I do think it's kind of like a, a like a semi-liberal um, talking points, l- 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 like a reassurance they give yeah, themselves yeah. that that the only crazy people are the crazy uncle or the crazy uh, grandparent yeah. who can be safely and easily like sidelined and like oh they're just a crazy one going off again. Hashtag yeah. not all Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, well, that- what it is though, a lot of like a lot of Americans are, 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 and that's the thing that a lot of people don't want to accept is that you. All right, like when people people always like like tout like Trump's approval rating and stuff like that, and it really isn't all that different from most presidents, yeah. like in recent history. Yeah, and among the Republicans, he has like a 90 approval rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So what, like, with, what happens yeah. when you go to like a mostly red state and you have to then and, and you like confront these people, like, and 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 they're related to you or they're friends of you and stuff like that? You know, you're gonna immediately disown them, or you're gonna immediately like, I mean, like that's what they do. You know, they're the like from my experience and this this also could go the exact opposite way around, too. But there is like kind of a sense of that when 
whenever I, I had a conversation with, with and given Yuli and I tried to bring up politics as little as we possibly could because of this. Oh, yeah. Because last time when I, um, okay, we went to, to a party, like a family party or something like that. Yeah, family and, get-together. Um, yeah, get-together, not a party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the first thing uh, someone uh, said to me was, um, yeah, your, your chancellor is a bitch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> that is how you approach someone? Hi, your chance. I mean, not that I'm in love with Angela Merkel or anything, but I don't know if that is something you say immediately to no. someone no, from a different not country. But they just want immediate confrontation, and they want to be yeah. proven right that they're you know, the one who's going to you know, break you apart with logic and facts. And I have that all the time. I had people... Every time someone started a conversation with me and knew that I was from from Germany, it was um, like, oh, yeah, you're socialist over there, aren't you? Or it was something like, oh, yeah, but look how we do it in America. Oh, yeah, this is what we do. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah, USA, USA. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then also then that, too, with then the, like, what do you think about Trump? And this and that and that. And they know that, like, my family knows I do not like Trump. So it's like, where am I going to go with that conversation? You know? So it is... It is really, it's hard. Like, it, it just genuinely is a, is, a, is a really, really, really difficult thing. And, and then it got to the point where then, like, you know, my mom telling me that she's, like, going to disown me because I'm a communist or whatever, which is fucking cool. And then that, 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 that um, you know, subsided pretty quickly. But, like, they want, like, my, my feeling was always is that they always want that confrontation so that they can... Yeah, more or less like post about their experience of that. Like, look at these, look at these libs telling me how I'm supposed to live my life. And the thing that I heard nonstop, and like I did not know that she was so fucking popular in the United States. AOC. Was, yeah, everyone talking about AOC, and like the Green New Deal thing. They're like, do you hear that they're gonna, you know, illegalize airplanes? I'm like, they're not gonna fucking cars, do that. And cows. And ca- cows are illegal. And yeah, it's the cow fart specifically. Yeah, that's, specifically. Yeah. That, that's the latest meme. Like the cow fart is what's. Yeah, yeah. but they all believe this shit. To fart and my my only response ever, to, like ever to that, was unfortunately a very stupid centrist liberal one. Was like, did you actually read the Green New Deal? It's fourteen pages. You spent all your fucking time listening to Hannity yell at you about this. You could have like taken, like the PDF is there. It's fucking public domain because it's a, uh, what's it called? Um, a bill that's apparently going to be going through Congress. Like you can read it as long as it's like not classified. So, like I don't understand what like where you're coming. Like everything that then that you're mentioning that exists apparently about it is not in that bill. So, like if you want to start a discussion about that, we can. But just don't talk to me about this then. Like I just don't care. You know, it and just it it just felt felt like um. I'm continuously having a stammtisch conversation. I mean, seriously. It's that stammtisch talk, you know? Oh, have you read that? Have you heard about... <laughs> but, like, far more ridiculous. Yeah, but far... No, I mean, German stammtisch oh, yeah, is okay, exactly true. that culture. You sit down, you talk politics, but you don't really talk to politics. You talk very uh, emotional about it. You you state ridiculously... Uh, like, ridiculous co- um, things you have read on the internet. Or, I mean... It includes a lot of racism and a lot of yeah. I, um, fake news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, call it what it is. But And then the thing, too, is that then every single place that we went to also, too, was just like the news is on 
as well, which is like yeah. also very like not the news, Fox, Fox news. news specifically, yeah. And yeah, just I saw Hannity's face way too many times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whew, there's a lot of a lot I want to get to there. But one thing to talk about is the TV culture because I think I do think that's different in the U.S. than yeah. than here. That's just like yeah. there's just just constantly just streaming at you. I mean. Like, would people, like, laugh at 1984 for being too on the nose? Because, what, there's a giant screen that's constantly, like, watching you or talking to you? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Either <laughs> that or, uh, like, Ray Bradbury's uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah, it really reminds me of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to America turned us into liberals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. I bought so many copies of 1984. I'm going to give them to all my friends now. Well, but 1984 you know, is actually... Know, uh, it's actually about Stalinism. And yeah, it's actually lo- logic and reason. Uh, it's logic and reason, yeah. Oh, damn. It's all... Fuck. I have to rethink yeah. my life. authoritarian. Yeah. yeah, Orwell is very much uh, conservative right-wing um, politician. Cool. What did you do in Spain then? <laughs> but it's just... Nothing. Like, it's, it's what that does to you. Just having that just, just constantly... Oh, it turns your brain into mulch. Yeah. Exactly. You know, my like my family had that like like we were over we visited my grandmother and she's like ninety eight and just like sits and watches TV watches TV the whole time. That's how like she knows what's going on, but I think she just like purposely like pretends that she doesn't because whenever we were in the room with her like one on one it was perfectly fine. But um they have like they had Fox News on for the for her on the whole time for her. And yeah, it was either Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram or, you know, Bang. uh <laughs> who's, creme the, de la creme. who's the white nationalist guy? Tucker Carlson. Bang bang. <laughs> yeah, just the same story eight times over with like, you know, a slightly different perspective of like, you know, when you get to Tucker Carlson, you get the you get the cream of the crop, you know, fourteen eighty eight radio, that whole shit. But it yeah, it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how people can like to sit there and do that to themselves and be like, yeah, this is normal. Like I turned the TV on at my mom's place. I didn't know how the remote worked. And it was just Fox News was just like on the TV and I just turned it immediately off. You can't Fox, es- like, escape it. <laughs> can't escape it. Yeah. And then and then they all think that they're like not watching it all the time. Like they all think that they're like, oh, no, it's just like, you know, I'm not watching Fox News. <laughs> yeah. Never. Well, is there. A, OK, so because when I go home, my parents have CNN on all the time. And when I say, and they're like, yeah, Same shit. but we're watching the news. Like we have to stay informed. Like when I say like, you know, you can just turn it off. Like they're just talking yeah. all the time. And they're like, no, oh, well, you know, you we're like learning something. It's like, you know, it's like, it's it's, it's, nutri- it's like you're eating something. It's like, but it's nutritional. It has vitamins yes. in here. Like if it's just like trash, but like there's a rationalization that like you can't turn it. Like obviously you can turn it off. It's like, yeah, of course I can. But you're getting something out of it. Even if it's just a little bit, it's like, oh, yeah, I learned something. It's new. entertaining as fuck. So, like, but what is the rationalization? Are they like, yeah, it's just fun. It's what I like. like or is, or is they like, I'm learning things. You know, did you know about this? Yeah. yeah. Did it's, you know that all the South African farmers are dying exactly. because of, of, uh, of reverse racism? Uh, in, in German, we have a word for that. It's um, constante berieselung. So if something is going on in the background and you're constantly like affected by it, but not, um, when not you, you don't do it consciously, uh, consciously consciously yeah. <laughs> thank you um but it's there and it's there the whole time and it's kind of like going subconsciously in into your subconscious yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but yeah it's like there's en- entertainment the whole time and, and even news are entertainment you know it's, yeah, yeah it's of course that's like that's, that's sports is entertainment advertisement is entertain- entertainment news are entertainment 
I don't know. <laughs> also, like the the thing that's also funny too, kind of like back to sports a little bit. But then how it's oh hey Melissa, she's yelling at us now. Um, there was what was it? I the thing that was so funny too in the U.S. was seeing International Women's Day being done by like corporate America. Oh yeah. And there was this. The only thing I really like remember that stuck out is that there was a story about like how Steph Curry got a girl a pair of shoes. Because they don't make the curry sixes in, like, girl sizes. And then that was, like, the thing that ESPN reported about for International Women's Day. Because my cousin had just sports going on the whole time at his place. And I was just, like, sitting there and be like, what the fuck happened to this holiday? <laughs> like, this is the stupidest shit it's that I've ever seen. getting a new pair of shoes. Yeah, it's like this girl from, And she like, wasn't even, like... She was even from, like, one of the richest counties in California. Exactly. So she could have bought them. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just like... She was just unlucky that they weren't there anymore in her size. You could have just bought a boy size, for Christ's sake. She was like eight years old. It it's made no difference. Day. Yeah. Get your girl some pair of shoes. So then, like, they made a whole big deal about how, like, Steph Curry's, like, the ultimate feminist because he gave a girl shoes. And I'm just, like, sitting there, be like... And it, it all makes sense in the logic of, like, you know... Americans also have to be, like, really infatuated with them, like how their how their favorite people like react to things you know so like oh i have to know if like you know steph curry has the same political outlook in life as i do that like then is you know that rationalizes my my world view you know or that i'm mad like i remember there was always like a big thing with when i was growing up and listening to like talk radio with my mom on the way to school and shit like that is that like laura ingram is really mad when celebrities don't have the same opinion that she does and she just gets she literally has written like three books about how like celebrities should shut up and i think one of them is called like shut up and sing or something like that because like not every celebrity has the opinion of ted nugent that's like a really american thing i feel i don't know like that's also well, something that the it's connected to politics as a cultural product because i, I don't even think it's completely accurate to say politics has become more of a cultural product yeah um i, I it's more I would say it's more present in people's lives. I mean, we were just talking before that it's wrong to say that it's become more radicalized now because a lot of these people had the same opinions. It was the same policies. Now just everyone's screaming about it more yeah. often. So like, I think it's kind of like a, like a liberal take to say, yeah, now all of a sudden Trump radicalized this right wing and like, have them yeah. emerge they are more i mean there are some sections that are more organized like, have these people never listened to rush limbaugh before? yeah it, it was all out there i mean the, not the, that you should have but <laughs> the question was just i mean there is a question of organization and and you know which has practical effects which we'll get into later but like i think the biggest change is just that now there's no culture left there's no way to things to talk about there's nothing to do except through the vector of politics yeah. politics is just all consuming and i mean i i think that is sort of like a course of history in a way like there's just nothing else to talk about all friendships need to be done through politics or through yeah. like political opinions and it's not even real politics it's like do they think they have the same opinion as me yeah you know of, of, yeah like stumptish. <laughs> do they say it the same way as me and that's true across that across the entire u.s yeah and I it is it is yeah. like I, I, the entire US. not even just the u.s like it is like a it is just like a, i think a general sense of like self-ratification of like i'm right because my friends also think that i'm right you know or because then the people that i like say that i'm right and i think this in the u.s because it's more extreme with the 
the fusion of entertainment and politics. I mean, not that Germany doesn't have that, but it is like just yeah, but it's a lot like that. Yeah, in, yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I've far like far more exaggerated in that sense. But I think calling it so, I th- I think people call it that a lot. That now politics is entertainment, right? Trump is a he was a game show host, and now he's president. It's crazy, and that's true in a sense. But I think it's more so that there's in the same way that everything in the u.s is available for this like logic of um logic of investment and like um they're making money everything is available to commodify and turn into some not entertainment but just culture actually that is isn't that the whole thing right now um that is kulturkampf so who has the hegemony um over culture and I mean that is very much also I mean of course it is a, a German thing and a European thing but it was a big thing in in the US um, who was that guy again who? that had um, the speech about Kulturkampf Buchanan no is that his name yeah Buchanan yeah. I think yeah. if I'm not mistaken yeah. we could be wrong I'm not going to correct myself so I don't no, care no me neither <laughs> Pat Buchanan Pat a uh, like he calls himself a paleo conservative. Oh, Al, this is a Wait. full white nationalist now. He's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, that is uh, you see that everywhere actually. Uh, but you have that a lot in the U.S. Yeah. about like who has actually the upper hand when it comes to like cultural yeah. things and um, stuff that promotes your political um, views on yeah on stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I think another aspect of all this, um, like you said, Julia, the fact that the first thing i mean connected to this whole like uh turning like the fact that all politics is cultural and can only like any understanding of the world or history is through this like cultural vector Mm -hmm. um part of that is like when you run out of like things to understand about the u.s it is much more international now everyone knows like all the right wing in the u.s knows like oh yeah Angela Merkel, Germany, like they're letting in yeah. all the the immigrants and, and Western civilization is dying. Like yeah. everyone <laughs> knows, like they know this. They, I, I think there was maybe a stereotype in the past that like, you know, true Americans, they, they don't care about those other countries. They mm-hmm. just care about mm-hmm. America. You know, it's those liberals who care, who are like so worldly and metropolitan who want to know what, who care what France thinks. But now it's absolutely the right wing who knows yeah. everything about like, Merkel and what she's doing and this yeah. and that it's it's expanded way beyond the US. My Definitely. mom's friend was trying he's he's been trying to say for now 3 years that uh the Vichyrad is going to leave the EU just because he likes them. Like just because he, he loves <laughs> Viktor Orban. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really yeah, and the thing that I think is so funny is that yeah, you're right. They like they know what's going on in the world maybe not better than like the centrist or the left does. Um, they also know the world in a much scarier way, like in a much more mm-hmm. fearful way. So they see Orban and they're like, damn, that guy's fucking ball. There's actually, yeah, there's actually a sociological theory on, on the international wide, uh, right? So, <laughs> um, and yeah, it includes people like Orban and actually also people like Putin, even though I would like sometimes, I don't know, because you Americans have a problem with russian <laughs> well putin is the reincarnation of of the soviet but i mean Union, there, are, so. there are right-wing conservatives coming out saying like yeah we should actually work with putin because he has a he's a fucking well, baller or you know something like i that. did I mean, see someone put the hammer and sickle logo on uh on the republican party elephant so what? that's enough to sell me that actually <laughs> russia is soviet and so i don't know what, how they always mix the republican up party Pu- i don't like so yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. That was Democrat. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. W- yeah. Okay. Like big, well, I, yeah, I think this realignment would happen like in a snap. Like the Democrats are uh, uh, like all lined up to take on all of the neoconservatives who the never Trump neoconservatives who mm. will flee from the Republican Party and join the Democrats in order to be the real like interventionist, oppose Russia, like need to intervene yeah. all over the world yeah. and have this military industrial complex. And the and the right wing is happy to just like ally with uh, you know. Yeah, authoritarian leaders across yeah. the world, strong men who they strong like represent. Strong men, yeah. yeah. Did we talk about this on the podcast before? The fact that, like, the like expression of conservatism in America has so strongly shifted from this like Christian, explicitly religious, to just now this like proto-fascist Trump, and it's the same people. But, yeah, like pe- people mm-hmm. didn't don't really appreciate. We haven't that, talked about like, it, but yeah, no. Okay. Um. Ooh. Now, now I'm gonna forget what I wanted to say, but I think. I think this is definitely like uh, liberals and especially Europe, uh, like Europeans who talk about the U.S. They're like, you know, the problem is that they're just so religious. Like if, if they weren't, if they were, if they were more uh, logical atheists like me from, you know, from Sweden, then, uh, then, who, then the these U.S. people would be end up turning out to be fucking monsters, too. <laughs> like, come on. But like they assume that like if they're just they're just so religious and crazy and that's why they're so conservative. If we could just change that. Then everything would be better. Yeah, says then like the no. <laughs> Swedish atheist, like you know, member of parliament who's also a member of like S- Swedish democracy or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. then with, with Trump, I mean, that was the big thing in 2016. Everyone's like, oh, Trump, like the evangelicals aren't going to vote for Trump because he's he's clearly not religious. He's a he's they not a fuck. They, they don't, don't give care a fuck <laughs> because the 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 like explicitly religious um, expression of conservatism or of political whatever you want to call it of, of human history of society was it took on a, a, an explicitly religious uh, expression in the 2000s under bush and under trump that can just shift to his like proto-fascist um explicitly cultural political form it's exactly. the same yeah. it's the same um and yeah. i was also, about to say yeah you can also argue from a like cultural perspective yeah. and yeah, uh, religion doesn't play a big role in that it doesn't have to it, but they all it but definitely they also make it into the sense too that then um at least i see this with like the people that i know who are religious who are pro-trump not going to name any names um they make this out also to be that trump may not either my favorite one is that then trump is in fact holy because he's imperfect that's the most like that's galaxy brain level that i'll never be able to reach but my favorite is that then like that they kind of know that like they know that Trump has problems. They're okay with that. But in the end, Trump is still, you know, doing God's work. And whatever God's work is, is like a kind of an individual, very American. It's a very individual thing of what you want it to mean. So right now, it's the wall. And I may have shared this tweet with you. I'm not going to say who this tweet comes from. Um, but you're already laughing. I remember. <laughs> um, I'm not going to quote it verbatim but it was more or less the sense of that um heaven has strict has has strict border rule border restrictions and a big gate that you have to then you know pass through and heaven has uh, hell has open borders and that to me yeah that that solidif like that is the perfect encapsulation of that type of like how you can use religion to then justify trump it has it means nothing you just want this one you know, the only policy that Trump just kept repeating until everyone's ears were bleeding. Um, that's the most important thing for you. And it probably will never happen. But, yeah, I'm I'm kind of pooped out. Yeah. I have one last thing to add. Back to, 
you know, trip shenanigans. I don't think yeah. I said this yet. So um, when we came back, like I just I just unpacked today and I was looking through my bags and I found out that TSA searched through my one duffel bag and normally they don't like touch anything. They just kind of see like, oh, you know, we're doing our routine checkup to prevent terrorism or some bullshit. And they cut open my bag of Takis. And if you don't know what Takis are, they're like corn chips that are really spicy and they're absolutely delicious. And they just like punctured a hole in it and then taped it back up. And I'm really mad about this still because one, they racially profiled my chips because they're Mexican chips. I legitimately believe this. And two, like they opened up my chips. They're going to get fucking stale now. <laughs> fucking TSA. Bunch Fuck of, them. Fuck TSA. Fuck TSA. Yeah, we're, a, we're officially an anti-TSA podcast now. <laughs> Not that anyone's pro-TSA. But yeah. That really grinded my gears when I opened that this morning. And I don't want to... I still haven't opened the bag, actually, which is really stupid of me. So I guess we can just munch on some Takis later if we want. All right. Let's get it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that'll be it, I guess. So There's an episode somewhere in there. There's an episode somewhere in there, yeah. God oh. bless America. God, God, God damn America. <laughs> As Reverend Wright used to say. Did you hear the song uh, by Johnny Lee Greenwood? How's it go? And I'm proud to be an American. Where no, I haven't. <laughs> we, we can end with that. And I proudly stand <laughs> up next to you. Yeah, classic. Just like how Take Me Out to the Ball Take Game is a real, I was is, about is to a sing real it. song. A real song. One, yeah. really a real two, song. three strikes. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll see you next week uh, with, with the full gang here, hopefully. If... Uh, you know, Rob doesn't, you know, die or decide to move randomly or yeah, go on vacation. We should talk about that, actually. <laughs> Why does Rob have to die? I don't know. We're playing Oregon Trail. <laughs> Rob got Rob got dysentery. Yeah, from stale talkies. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Peace. Bye.